Welcome to Joyfully Queer, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the vibrant colors of our community and the strength and resilience that lies at the heart of it all. I'm your host, Bethany, your guide to all things queer and joyful. I'm an activist, an artist, an interfaith spirituality and wellness coach, and a proud member of the LGBTQ community. Here at Joyfully Queer, we are exploring the beauty of our lives and identities. We're here to be a reminder that our joy is powerful, resilient, and absolutely worth celebrating. From the smallest victories to the grandest of achievements, we're diving deep into the moments that make our souls sing. We're here to have fun, explore the fullness of our stories, and celebrate the impact that being free to live our most authentic lives has, both in our community and in the world. We'll be chatting with incredible guests, exploring personal narratives, and unpacking the things that makes the queer experience special. So whether you're a member of the LGBTQ community or an ally, Joyfully Queer is the place for you. So let's get started. everybody. Uh, Welcome back for episode two of Joyfully Queer. I want to thank everyone who has listened to and shared about our first episode. It's been really amazing hearing your feedback and your encouragement over the last couple of weeks. A lot of people are really excited about this project and that just makes me really happy. So thank you for that. My goal for this podcast is to focus on the ways that queer joy shows up in the world. And so I'm going to be doing that through a combination of different types of episodes. In some episodes, I'll be having a conversation with people just like you. So if you're interested in coming on the pod to talk about how queer joy shows up in your life, please reach out and we can talk about featuring you on an episode. In other episodes, I will be exploring a topic on my own sharing personal stories or interesting tidbits that I've found through my research. We'll be talking about things like coming out stories or dating as a queer person, finding your label or embracing your identity. Our community is so full of joy and I'm just really excited to continue exploring it with you. But today's episode is something that I'm super excited about. Today's episode is a conversation with Jennifer Harris Dalt. She is a minister, a parent to a trans kiddo, and a strong advocate for the LGBTQ community. Our conversation was just delightful. It was really beautiful, and it was all about embracing your children for who they are and working to make a better, make the world a better place for them. So I just really can't wait for you to hear it. And here it is. I'm Jennifer Harris-Dalt. I live in Rochester, New York. Uh, Our family just moved here this summer fleeing the state of Missouri due to their anti-trans laws that just passed. I'm the mother of two kids, two girls, uh, one of whom is transgender. They are ages six and eight and are an absolute delight. Yeah, I'm an ordained minister in the Mennonite Church USA. I am currently working doing communications for a synagogue, which is an, you know, an interesting, fun little interfaith 
thing and it's it's been great. So I was wondering, you know, the podcast is about queer joy and kind of all of the things that come with that. And I was wondering, what does queer joy mean to you? I think for me, queer joy is being able to take a break from the difficulties that um, that I think society likes to throw at us. And it's a time when we can just be fully ourselves and delight in that without concern for what anyone else thinks about who we are and what we're doing um, and just settling into pure delight. Absolutely. And why does it matter? Queerness is a blessing and one that I think the world misses out on a lot, especially for those of us who grew up in more conservative or evangelical settings. There's, you know, we have received messages all of our lives that queerness is is wrong. It's it's something terrible. Um, and because of that, the world has missed out on all of the great things that queerness has to offer. Um, a lot of that being, you know, when you receive those messages, by the time that you fully come out, fully, you know, embrace who you are, you've done a lot of the self-reflection that I think um, those outside of the community don't have to do to such a great, you know, as strong of an extent. Um, And we've learned that self-love. We've learned that who I am is okay. Who I am is, is who I am, you know, no matter what you think about it. And, and that is such a profound gift in, in a world and a culture where we're not always taught what love of self and love of others really looks like. Um, so I think it's a way that that we offer a gift to the world. It also sustains us in, um, in life, in the difficulties. Uh, you know, People have famously said, and I'm not going to quote who because it, I've seen it attributed to so many people, but that joy is an act of resistance. You know, we, we deserve to be here. And joy gives us that strength to keep going during the times that it's hard. But also joy is a great part of life. And, you know, we all deserve to feel joy, to, to celebrate the goodness in our lives, to celebrate the goodness we see in others to celebrate all of the gifts that life has to offer. Um, I'm really glad that you said that quote about resistance. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's so true. I think that in this world that doesn't necessarily always want us to exist, being to claim who you are and live in that identity and celebrate it and, um, have that joy still come out of you, still experience that joy is an act of resistance. And absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a really powerful way to think about it because it's very true. And I think about the way seeing other queer people experience joy, it it helps me like know how to better celebrate myself and how to be okay in my own skin and in my own, you know, thoughts and uh, existence. I think there's this this teaching one another how to be and not in a, oh, how to be more like me, but 
how to be more yourself and how to be more yourself in the world around you that doesn't necessarily look like you. Exactly. And how do you celebrate who you are and how do you find other people who also celebrate who you are? Because that's also just so important. I think it's easier to answer the second one. Um, I mean, I, I think it's easy to see those people, um, you know, going, going to pride or I found joy driving to the Missouri state Capitol in order to testify against awful laws, but all of those coming together, we would celebrate with one another. Um, yeah, for myself, I think it's it's making space for our family to experience all the fun things. You know, we we fight hard to make sure that the world becomes safer. And so we do things like pick blueberries and we go to parades and we do all the silly stuff that we can. Um, to celebrate together. So I'm wondering if we could back up a little bit and maybe talk about um, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your family and kind of the coming out process and um, how that's been an important part of your life. Sure. Um, I'm assuming you mean the coming out of my child. Yes. um, Yeah, she's now eight. She has always been gender non-conforming. And so we were always, you know, sort of on the lookout, making sure she knew language and um, reading books about both um, sort of more cisgender folks who, who, uh, you know, maybe wear clothing that isn't normally associated with their gender and also of kids who are trans. And to know that, all of the options were open. Um, and one day in kindergarten, uh, it was a Sunday. Um, I had just led Zoom church because this was in the middle of, you know, lockdown for, for COVID. And we were outside in the backyard. Um, and I think I was making a statement that we, they'd been in the garden and it was a little muddy and feet were dirty and said something about how we'd have to hose the kids off before we brought them in. And she said, I'm glad you said she, because that's right. It's like, I didn't say she. Like, you know, didn't use a pronoun. Like, okay, Cliff, great. Like, that's right for who? She responded, for me. I'm a girl. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we we talked about it a little bit. And um, she she announced it on Zoom kindergarten the next day. Um, I think had tried to type it into the chat at the beginning of class. um, Or I think she tried to say it and then typed it into the chat. And so the teacher was like, we're going to go into breakout rooms to talk about our weekends. (laughs) So share something fun about your weekend with a friend. And uh, so she chatted with with my daughter. And um, yeah, so it was, it was, Everyone knows right away. It sounds like she was really excited to share her truth with people. She was. And we we noticed a confidence right away that there there had been. So, you know, she had long hair and liked wearing dresses. 
And I think sometimes when she was ultimately correctly gendered, but at the time before she fully knew, um, she would get anxiety about showing up in new spaces and what people were going to think. Um, and so immediately, all of that left. And so it was really cool to, you know, we'd go on walks as a family and she would be greeting everyone that we saw. And, you know, she was always friendly, but that was like, there was more energy, more, you know, yelling out across the street. And uh, it was so amazing just to see her blossom and to see her settle into this sense of self. Um, that I think she'd been struggling with for a while, trying to figure out what is this? Um, there had been some times in preschool where she would get in the car and tell me about, you know, a friend in her class who would always say she when when referring to her. And I would ask like, well, how did that make you feel? And sometimes it was confused or I don't know. And one day it was happy. It's like, okay, well, tell me about that. <laughs> You know, she didn't always have the words, but it was, you know, could kind of see, especially looking back, these gears that were turning as she was figuring those things out. Um, and yeah, so we've we've worked hard to try to make a great life for her. Um, I think it was especially hard realizing she had been, you know, surrounded by us and you know, school was great and realizing we have to teach her about transphobia. It was like, like, how do you, how do you do that? Um, and we tried to do it like very gently, you know, at the beginning it was, there are going to be some people who don't understand and who, who feel certain ways about who you are. And, um, you know, and then very quickly we were, thrown into the government working really hard to take away rights from, especially from trans kids, the, the bills that have now passed into law. There's uh, in Missouri, there's one that bans um, gender affirming care for those under age 18 and one that bans trans girls from playing sports on girls teams, starting in kindergarten. And, um, my child is is not athletic. She she tries. She tries and is just not. But, you know, I, I would always joke that, you know, I'm fighting for my kid's right to be cut from her middle school basketball team the way her mother was. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, we, you know, she had to learn about those things. You know, both of our children know why we moved. We tried to, again, be as gentle as possible. Um, my younger child had nightmares about the Missouri legislature. After we moved, they were monsters that were coming for her in her dreams. You know, it makes me both sad and furious that that the government is doing that to children. My my child should not be scared of of the, of the state government. Those are the people who are supposed to be. One, kids at that age shouldn't have to think about their government at all. You know, like they're just the people out there who are making the world, you know, a good place, making sure we have roads Hopefully and schools. better. Hopefully better, yes. Um 
but yeah. And so I think because of that, the times that we can celebrate joy and to celebrate the gift of transness um, are all the more important and all the more meaningful to us as a family. So you mentioned the the gifts of um, transness, and I'm wondering what you see as those gifts. Oh, so many. I mean, I I learn from my kids every day. But I think, you know, seeing my kid know who she is and <laughs> she'll she'll be loud about stereotypes or things that seem unfair to her in ways that, you know, cause me to to question the things that held me. You know, at, as a girl growing up in the Southern Baptist Church, there were plenty of things I could do and couldn't do. And I lived in the South, which had its own gender expectations and realizing, oh, these things that bound me don't need to. And I'd already worked on breaking through a lot of those. But I, I think when you see it in a child and for someone who's so clearly like, what? That's wrong. <laughs> Our kids will say that. In fact, um, <laughs> we drove by a church and they were like, oh, that's it. the denomination connected with another place they knew. And we were like, well, that's not quite the same type of Presbyterian as the ones you know. And in trying to explain some of the differences, they were just shocked that like, wait, there are places that don't think it's okay to be gay. There are places that don't think it's okay for women to be pastors. Like what? (laughs) Because that's such a foreign concept to them. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so, so seeing her be willing to be fully who she is um, and whatever that looks like. I mean, she doesn't, she's a tomboy in a lot of ways, you know, and she, she reminds me a lot of me as a kid, like playing Legos all the time, like loving, you know, I mean, she's really into Pokemon, which was not something I was in, but like the collecting of all the things is something I can relate to in ways that I thought made me less of a girl where it was a, I'm not, I'm broken. I mean, I, I was fine with that, but it was a, I'm not, I'm clearly different than my friends. And for her, it's just like, yeah. I like these things. Everyone can like these things and everyone can. I mean, girls love Pokemon. Girls love Legos. Um, (laughs) There's the freedom of being friends with all sorts of people that I I don't think is just being trans, but this, this generation, um, it's okay to be friends with people who are not the same gender that you are and not to have the same sort of, Oh, do you, do you like them? (laughs) The, Pressing into heteronormative relationships at a young age when they're just like, we like to play on the playground. Right. Uh, Asking four-year-olds, oh, is that your boyfriend? Right. Right. And so I see, I see these things that just are, cause me to look at how ridiculous our culture has often been. Um, and it's freeing. It's freeing for me as a parent and you know, as a, a person, as someone who is 
figured out my own queerness as life has gone on. And um, I'm so thankful. I really do think that being queer is a gift. And I really think that being able to live in your authentic truth is a gift. Yeah. And when those two things are paired together, it's just really beautiful. It is. So you talked a little bit about your work with the Missouri legislature, and I've been doing some work in New Mexico as well. So I understand some of that. And I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that there are a few people who have a lot of hate and who um, also really want power and that those people are using a lot of other people's fear. Uh, Absolutely. To get ahead. Right. And I think that the majority of people who are voting for these folks are misinformed and afraid. And I'm wondering if you could talk to them right now, um, what would you tell them about your family, about kind of the experiences that you've had? Like, what what would you say if you had that audience right now? Hmm. Yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. What we've seen is that people you know, you, you named those who are wanting to be in power. They're manufacturing fear. They want you to believe that I'm grooming my child to be something for my benefit. And I don't even know what the grooming language is supposed to mean. That I, um, you know, my kid came out. She didn't know what sex was. <laughs> you know, she, she was a kindergartner. Um, it was something innate in her that knew that she was a girl. My job as a parent is to encourage her to be who she is, not what I think she is. You know, there are so many people out there talking about mutilating children. Um, I've heard legislators who know better continue to push lies that toddlers are getting bottom surgery. And that's not a thing. Not true. (laughs) You know, uh, my daughter the only medical intervention she's getting right now is therapy and her therapy is more because of the move that we made and the difficulties in adjusting and adjusting knowing that the reason you moved is because your government was no longer safe for you. We want our kids to be kids. I want my child to be able to go to school and to have friends And to not have to worry about what someone else's parent has taught them about who she is. I want her to be seen for her generosity and for her creativity. I want her to be known for her bad jokes (laughs) and for the way that she will play gaga ball on the playground every day at recess. For her goofy Halloween costumes. And for like how she will make a game out of anything. Like that's who my kid is. Children deserve to be children. And our medical care is not something that people without medical degrees and who are not doing research need to have a say in. You know, we we didn't go to a doctor saying, hey, we want these things. We went to our pediatrician saying, hey. Our child is told that she's a girl. And our doctor let us know, hey, here's this clinic that you can talk to. And here are these resources where you can get education 
and help. And it's our doctors who are saying, you know, if this is what she wants, here are the options. And yeah, I can't imagine if any other healthcare was treated the same way that trans healthcare is. You know, we don't say, oh, your child, your your doctor thinks that your child has cancer. Like, well, I don't believe in cancer. That's not real. Like, you know, you you can't give these medications to a kid. Like when they're 18, if they want to believe that their cancer is a real thing, then they can take medicine for that. And it's just, it's horrifying to think about these things for anyone else. Um, and so what I, I really want people just to see the children that, you know, I've seen come into the state house, their kids. One is a great unicyclist and can juggle and can like do a Rubik's cube while unicycling in a remarkable amount of time. And others like love dyeing their hair in fun colors with their siblings. <laughs> and, uh, We'll read chapters out loud of books, like things that delight them as we are traveling in the car. And these, you know, they're children. <laughs> they're children doing childlike things. They're not some monster out to get you in a bathroom. These talk of, uh, you know, what trans kids may do with genitals in the bathroom. And like all the trans kids I know don't want anyone, including themselves, to see their genitals in a bathroom or anywhere else. And so the, these fears that are manufactured about what people are doing. And often what I hear is like this fear of, of adults. The language I see in like school board decisions right now, like, do you want trans adults in the bathroom with your kids? Like, who are all of these adults that are coming into kindergarten bathrooms? <laughs> that's not, like, if that's an issue, then, like, security is the problem, not, not whether or not someone is trans or pretending to be trans to get into a bathroom. Like, random strangers should not be in the elementary school bathrooms, no matter who they are. Right, exactly. Or like the talk of, well, men are going to be playing on sports teams with your girls. Like, no, <laughs> school-age sports are school-age. <laughs> right. My eight-year-old is not, you know, an adult. Right. Right. They're, you know, that's, that's not a, a legitimate concern. And so there, there's language that, that shapes how we feel about things. Um, the making of adults, people who are not. And we see that also in the black and brown communities where kids are are described as if they were adults in order to make them seem scary and, and threatening when these are just children. I love hearing you describe um, your kiddos. They just sound so great. <laughs> Yeah, they are like you know they're kids, right? They're kids. And, um, I I love being able to hear you know like about the Pokemon and you know all the things that make them kids because they are they're just kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering if if there was someone else whose kiddo comes out to them, um, what would your advice to them be? My advice would be to take a deep breath. Like if you're not expecting this, it's it's a lot to to help your child navigate these roads, but it's a blessing. 
There are so many organizations out there who will help you. If you don't have the language yet, that's okay. You can learn it. And there are those who are willing to surround you and give you what you need. And also your kid can have a great life and they can help you have an even better life than you were imagining already. You know, there's, there's this thought, some will say, oh, you know, my, my daughter died or my son died. And now I have you know the opposite of that. And that's not, you know, I've always had a daughter. There were times when we didn't know that yet. But, you know, there's there's nothing to grieve. Your child is there. Um, therapy. <laughs> Get yourself a therapist <laughs> to process any of the feelings. Because um, you may have feelings, but they aren't things that your child needs on them. They're, they're the things to process in yourself. Um, and find find the community who will love you and support you and support your kid and show your kid all of the gloriousness of, um, of what's ahead. When you talk about what's ahead, uh, what is your hope for the future? My hope for the future is one where queer and trans kids will be celebrated, you know, or you know, at the very least, considered normative in the same way that cis and straight kids are considered normative, that it's just a way of being, you know. We can admire someone's hair of different colors. And so, you know, my hope is that we'll admire, you know, the different genders and sexualities and asexualities and all of the ways of being. Yeah, I, I celebrate every time that there's a trans person, you know, who, who achieves success in, in some field. Um, I look forward for more trans folks in places of power. And, you know, we, we need more in our legislators, legislatures. We need, you know, the president, a trans president would be amazing. Yes, no, awesome. I, I want all the doors to be open. Yeah, because I think you know there there is the when you see yourself somewhere that gives you more freedom and it gives other people a chance to look and like oh okay that's huh you're not scary after all like you're you're pretty cool actually <laughs> like you have some good ideas. <laughs> And that's, that's what I hope. Thank you again to Jennifer for coming on the podcast today. And thank you to all of you for tuning in and for sharing with your friends. Make sure that you tune in next time when I will be talking about the joy that can be found in coming out. I think it's going to be a really fun topic and I can't wait to explore it with you. So I will see you then. If you liked this episode and want to help the Joyfully Queer community grow, there are a few things you can do. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and leave a positive review for Joyfully Queer on your favorite podcasting site. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Joyfully Queer and on Instagram at Joyfully Queer Podcast. 
I truly want this podcast to represent our community. So if you would like to be a guest on the show, or if you have a topic that you think would make a great episode, please email me at joyfullyqueerpod at gmail.com. Until next time, this is your host, Bethany, wishing you a queer-tastic day.